All right, well, good morning, New Life Church. Everybody well? Let's, let's get a, find our way back to our seat, and uh, I promise you we will have more time to interact and fellowship because we're going to be sharing a meal together after church. If you forgot about that, uh, cancel all your lunch plans. Call your friend, whoever you're going to eat with. Tell them, come eat at my church uh, with me today, okay? Because uh, it's already taken care of for you. So we just, uh, after our service uh, here in a little bit, then we're going to just flip-flop our chairs around and put them at tables and then the, uh, enjoy a good lunch together. As again, this is Heart for the House Sunday. We do these, uh, we try to do these about three times a year. Uh, uh, and just basically it's a time for our church to not only fellowship afterwards together, but it's also a great time for us to vision cast and just share updates, as I mentioned earlier, and to be able to give uh, just some forecasting thoughts and ideas and plans regarding the life of our church. Again, as Pastor Lindsay noted er, uh, earlier um, about the work day yesterday and the improvements that were made, I really do want to encourage you at, after you eat or what have you, uh, take a minute and stroll down the halls and uh, check out especially those two main areas, our New Life Kids and our New Life Glare Room and um, the updates and the things that, uh, that were done big time improvements. They look really good. Want to give our children rooms they can really be proud of. And, uh, and parents want to make sure that your minds are at ease when they go into those rooms that they're good. And so anyway, we're, we're, we are thrilled uh, for what happened yesterday. Let me invite you to open your Bibles with me. We're going Old Testament first and then, we'll, and then there's a verse in the New Testament we want to look at as well. Old Testament, the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra, chapter 3, right after the Chronicles. Not the Chronicles of Narnia, but the Chronicles of the Bible. Although the Chronicles of Narnia, it's a really good story. We're going to be in Ezra 3. And then if you want, you can go ahead and find in the New Testament, Acts chapter 9. Ezra 3 and then Acts chapter 9. If you're using smartphones or what have you, then work your thumbs. And these verses will also be on the screen, too. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let's look at it, verse 1 of chapter 3, Ezra. He writes, In early autumn, or fall, when the Israelites had settled in their towns. Can everybody say settled? All the people assembled in Jerusalem. Can you guys say assembled? with a unified purpose. Can you say unified purpose? I'll read it again without me breaking it up. In early autumn or fall, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Look at Acts 9. Acts 9, verse 31. Luke is the author of this book. He says, The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Let's pray over the word today. 
Father, thank you again for this day and thank you for this time. Time to open your word. To read it. And to hear it. Lord, we recognize this is your word. It has life-giving power in it. It has life-altering inspiration in it if we'll just heed it. So right now I pray you would speak to us. Open our eyes to the reality of your word. Open our ears to the truth of your word. And open our hearts to the power of your word. And let it come forth and impact our lives for your glory for the purpose that you have for our life. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Everybody who agrees with that, say amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you at our Heart for the House service, a message that I've titled, Settled, Assembled, Unified. The background of this story in the Old Testament and the New Testament quickly is this, is in the Old Testament with Ezra at the time, is that the children of Israel, they had been in Babylonian captivity or exile for several decades. And now was the time for them to be released. And they were going back to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple. And in the New Testament, the church was fairly new. The beginning of the church happened around in Acts 2. And a lot of things had transpired since it's beginning stages, and the church had experienced some shake-ups, the church had experienced some intense persecution, and the church had experienced some internal issues as well that they were working through. And a guy by the name of Saul from Tarsus was an elite Pharisee who specialized in the persecution of Christians. And in Acts 9, it talks about his conversion and God changing his name to Paul. And that's where that verse 31 shows up. It says the church began to have peace. They began to be strong. The church began to have encouragement of the Holy Spirit again. They were living in the fear of the Lord and the church was growing. In other words, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, these two stories, the correlation here is, that the, is this, is that God's people had gone through some things. Anybody, anybody ever gone through anything? Come on, anybody, anybody ever gone through anything in your life? You know, that, here's, here's what happens when we go through something. It either makes us or it breaks us. You know, God's word of, of, of expression is he tests us. When we go through things, it's a test. There are tests involved. In, involved in that. And they either make us or they break us. And God's will and his hope for each and every one of us is that it will always make us in the sense that it won't take us back. It won't hold us down. But through it, we'll grow. Through it, we'll change. Through it, we'll evolve to become more like Jesus and a little bit more than we were before. And at the same time, we will continue to put our hope and trust and faith in Jesus Christ that we won't turn from him, but we'll stay steady 
on that path of righteousness with him. And so the church, God's people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they had gone through some things. And if you've been with us for any length of time over the last several years, you know, you would know that our church has gone through some things. Amen? Our church has gone through some things. And, uh, and over the last two and a half years, uh, since we've, we've, we've been here in this location, this mobile, mobile setup structure that we have, um, we, we've been in a season of recovery and refocusing. Season of recovering and refocusing. And in the new year at Heart for the House in January, when I shared vision about our church, I really shared about a, a five-year vision uh, for our church. And part of that was I believe that the Lord, He really wanted, wants to see our church grow, and I want to see our church grow, and we want to see our church grow, because then that way God's church is growing. And, uh, but I don't want to see our church grow just to say, hey, we're growing or we got a lot of people in it. That's, that's not the idea uh, behind any of that for us as a church as we grow. Um, I don't want to just see a bunch of people, but I want to see a bunch of people who are real true followers of Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we're on our way. Amen? I mean, it means we're not willing, we don't want to just stay where we were, but we want to change, we want to grow, we want to become more like Christ Jesus, the way he intends for us to be. And so I want to see our church grow with real, true followers of Jesus Christ, from the youngest to the oldest, from, from, from the cradle to the grave. I want to see us all follow Christ with longevity. Amen? I want to see us from our five-year-olds, all the way up to our 95-year-olds. I want to see us still faithful, still strong, still motivated, still inspired, still living by the convictions of the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, and still doing what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. And so I shared that, that, that we're going to be growing, and we're going to be taking steps uh, in preparation for that. And one of the things that I shared, one of those points of, of that we're taking of preparation is that obviously we were gonna we were gonna remain here where we where we are at currently for another two years, and and with that it allows some things to to happen for us as a church. I just want to quickly tell you these these few things. You've heard me hit on these before, but just as a reminder on why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing. It, uh, staying here allows us to become more financially healthier. I just shared the first six-month report. As you know, three, four years ago, that report didn't look as good for us. And thankfully, things have changed and turned around for us, praise God. Again, to God's grace, a giving congregation and good stewardship makes for a good combination of, of healthy. And so, becoming more healthy, uh, more financially healthier, here's what I mean by that. It, it allows us to have margin for ministry, room for ministry to take place and not be hindered. Again, I shared the eliminating of, of our debt completely. We're close to, uh, uh, the, the, in the life of our church, we're, we're, we're almost completely debt-free. I mean, that is awesome. That is awesome. A good place to be. A very good place to be for us. It gives us a lot of different options based on what God has for us. Here's another reason we're staying where we are for another two years. It allows us to become more organizationally stronger. It allows us to have a little time to continue to allow ministries to become stronger as well as develop stronger leaders. Amen. It's a, any organization that's going to be thriving and successful, especially God's kingdom, it requires leadership. 
on different levels, okay? And we realize that and recognize that. And so that's one of our aim and one of our objectives is to continue to develop not only stronger ministries, but to develop stronger leaders within those ministries and to reinforce the health and the strength of existing ministries that are within our church already. Here's another reason, a third reason why it's good for us to remain where we are here for another couple of years, and that is this. It allows us to become more directionally secure. More directionally secure. That we have a greater focus and perspective about the future of our church. How many of you know that when you're in it up to here, it's hard to get a good, clear perspective about anything? But, you know, you count the ten and you remove yourself from it and you get a better perspective. That's, what, that's where God has us right now, giving us a better perspective and outlook and focus for the future. Because here's the thing, God is blessing us where we are and He is blessing where we are going. Amen? But he, and, uh, the thing about it is this, is that, is that when, when our, th this place, I know, I know it's not the most ideal location... Okay, I know it doesn't speak and showcase traditional church building or, or, or facade or any of that. I get that. It might not be the most ideal, but it is where God wants us. I say that without a shadow of a doubt. It is where God wants us. And when, when God's hand is on you, I find it's just best to stay under it. And that when He says... And when he lifts his hand and he points into a direction, then that's when we'll move and we'll follow. Amen? But until he says, go somewhere else, do something different, then church, let's be content. Let's be fulfilled. Let's be satisfied where he has us. Not to the point to where we just lay down and do nothing, but to the point where we know we are satisfied within, therefore we're willing to continue to do what God requires of us. Amen? To get to where he wants us. I say all of those things, financially healthier, organizationally stronger, you know, directionally secure, all those things really, it points to this right here. It's an arrow pointing to this. That is so that we as a church, I want to see every single one of our members and those who attend here to truly become more and more spiritually committed to God and the purpose that we find in Jesus Christ. That's what I want to see. I want to see all of us falling in love with Jesus more and more every day. I want to see us all being willing to lay down our things at the foot of the cross and go where He wants us to go and live the life that He wants you and I to live as people of mission in the kingdom of God on this earth. And so anyway, that's why... We do what we do, and that's why we stay where we stay. Amen? Can you guys accept that? You good, just good to continue to roll with that? Praise God. Back to Ezra. He said in, in the early fall, they were coming out again, coming out of Babylon, moving back into Jerusalem to rebuild the, the temple. It was early fall. We're close to that season. It's just around the corner. I know the temps sure as heck don't show that. But the seasons will be changing here, naturally, and they also change spiritually. And so in the early fall, this is a good time for us as a church to reflect, but also to affirm and reaffirm some of our commitments. 
some of our commitments that we have. One of the first being our spiritual commitment to Jesus Christ. Another commitment is our relational commitment to one another as the church, as New Life Church family. And a a third commitment is our commitment to the purpose that we have in Christ Jesus. That Jesus doesn't save us just for us to sit in the seat and not do anything for him. How many of you discover that? But he saves us to give us a purpose, his purpose, what we were born for, what we were gifted for, what we were called for. And so anyway, that's where we are in this early fall uh, as we approach this, this fall season is a time to reflect and affirm and reaffirm our commitments spiritually, relationally, and purposely. And so, Ezra, these three things stick out. This is what happened when, they, when it got to be the early fall. It says they were all settled. Everybody say settled. Everybody was settled. What does that speak of? They were settled. Let's look at this scripture, Psalm 92. David describes something like this. He says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14. He says, they will still bear fruit in old age and they will still stay fresh and green. 15. Proclaiming that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. But those who are able to declare such a thing are those who are planted in the house of God. Planted, rooted. It says that gives way, it equals a life that is flourishing, a life that is blooming, a life that is blossoming, a life that is breaking forth and giving forth life to other people. Life to other situations. In other words, our spiritual lives take off when we sell ourselves into and plant ourselves into the church. So the people here in Ezra's account was they became settled in the early fall. They made, a, they made a declaration and a commitment that, hey, things haven't been what we wanted. We've lived, we've been there, but now God's giving us a chance to have freshness again. A new, a new, a new thing is coming on the scene. And so therefore they said, we're, we're going to be settled. It was all the people, they were settled. They were planted. You can also describe it like this, that when you're settled in the church, you decide, you know, this is my fold. This is my flock. This is my family. My fold, my flock, and my family. In other words, this, I know this is where God wants me, and I know this is where I belong, and these people are who I belong to. These my people, right? Oh, them, New Life Church. Oh, yeah, them my crew. Oh, yeah, New Life Church. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, that's my peep right there. Oh, yeah, don't talk about them because I got their back. Amen? These people were settled. They, it was just a settled issue. It was a, it was a, it was a no-nonsense issue. Decision, it was just done. It was settled. They had made a decision. This is where I belong. This is who I belong to. This is where I know God wants me. Therefore, it's settled. I don't wake up with doubt. I don't wake up with confusion. I know things aren't, don't always go the way I want them to go. I'm the pastor, and there are things that don't always go the way I want them to go. There are things that are going to happen in your life as a member of this church that don't always go the way you want them to go. 
which is why we have a collective leadership team that are inspired by the Holy Spirit, that are accountable to one another. Amen? Amen? And so when you're part of a crew like this, there are things you're going to disagree with. There are things you're not always going to understand and sometimes you're not always going to have an answer for. But if you'll hang in there, if you'll go back to the root of where you're at, meaning did God say this is where you're supposed to be? Then if this is where God said you're supposed to be, then it's best to just do this right here. It's best just to write it out. Because let me tell you, four, three and a half, four years ago, when we were $1.3 million in debt, and we had no way to pay for it. Ministry was hindered. We might have more people coming, but we were doing far less. We might have had a nice, pretty-looking church building. I get that. A lot of you built that. You heard my story on that years ago. A couple of years ago, you heard me honor you on that, and I still do. But listen, our mission then was not to save a building. Our mission was to save people. And there are things that I didn't like. There were things that, man, that were hard and heavy and tough to deal with, and I was like, God... Are you sure you want me here? Because if not, I, I, I really would like to go somewhere else. That maybe, you know, not quite as difficult sometimes. But I kept going back. No, this is where God wants me. I know this is where I belong. I know this is the people that God wants me to be with. Therefore, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay with it. And let me tell you, if God, if you're not that certain on your membership or your attendance here or any other church, then you really need to talk to the Lord about that. Because I would do you a disservice to tell you, I want you all here, I want everybody here, just because I want you here. No, I want you where God wants you. You can talk to anybody who's ever left our church for any reason, good or bad. Those who told me they were leaving, those who didn't tell me they were leaving, that I always made it clear the door is always open for you to return. I try my hardest, as God is my witness, to try not to burn bridges. I have not been perfect at that. I have been stubborn at times. Who isn't? But I know at the end of the day, in my heart, I know God. And I know what I did. And I know how our leadership has led that we leave the door doesn't mean everybody's going to flock back here. <laughs> I do believe some people might someday. But here's the thing. I'm not losing sleep over it. I don't ignore them when I see them in public. I don't talk about them behind their back. I don't cut them down. I bless them wherever they go. I, find, I pray they will plant themselves in whatever church God leads them to and they will flourish and they will be everything God imagines them being, everything God has dreamed for them to be. Because here's the thing, when new people come here, as they do and as they have recently, I want to be able to welcome them without any burnt bridges from where they came from either. You get it? We're God's people. We don't operate by the way of the world. We operate by a higher standard a higher protocol, a higher procedure called the kingdom of God. Amen? But these people were settled. They knew, no, this is where I belong. 
I know it's hot right now. I know the air don't always work that good. I know I'm always having to set up chairs. I know I'm always having to work in a classroom. I know I'm always called on by Karen to do something. I know I'm always, you know, having to, having to do this or do that. This is where I belong. This is, my, this is where I plant myself. This is where I root myself. It's settled for me. I'll ride out whatever unsettled wave there is, and I know one day peace will come back around again, and I'll have some appreciation and some gratefulness for what we went through on the other side of whatever it might be that we're facing. Amen? But they weren't just settled. They were also assembled. They didn't just say, this is where I belong, but they also came together. Being assembled speaks to that. It speaks to a coming together, a connectedness, and a completeness. Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he says, he likens that whole chapter, he says, the church is like a body, many parts and many members. But it's God who puts every member, every part, just where he wants them. Yesterday we had some assembly crews going, putting together some new things out and around the building. And... For those things, those items to be what they are today, complete, they had to be first pulled out of the box. And then those things don't just come together just because the directions lie there. It takes hands, it takes people, it takes energy, it takes tools and resources to actually put those things together. But the thing that is put together and assembled matches the picture that was on the box. That's, the, that's a good sign when that happens. Right? Many members and many parts, but you put them just where they need to be in order to get what it is that needs to be gotten, if I could say it so jacked up that way. But God puts the members, every single one of us, just where he wants us. Let's look at what Paul says in Ephesians on the screen. It says... Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. There it is. Who is the head of his body, the church. Carry on. He makes the whole body, there it is, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Don't you like that? The whole body is healthy. The whole body is growing. The whole body is full of love. Wow! Can you imagine a church that is healthy and growing and full of love? What that church can accomplish for God? But it requires that the body be assembled. You following? It requires that the body come together. Because unless the parts come together, then the body won't be healthy and growing and full of love. And if the body isn't healthy and growing and full of love, then that means the parts, the members, are not healthy and growing and full of love. We must adhere to the words in the writer of Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, 
He says, do not forsake, do not avoid, do not neglect the assembly of yourselves together, the coming of yourselves together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another to do so, even as the day, capital D, the return of Christ is approaching. So in other words, we have to keep coming together. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what the church is supposed to do, is be together, is come together, connect together, assemble ourselves together so that the whole body can grow. So that the, when you're in place, when you're, when you're in your place with God and God has you in your, His place for you in the church and we're together like this, we are assembling ourselves together and worshiping together, here's what happens. We become more healthier. We grow spiritually, we become more like Christ. And the love of Christ fills our life. Not just a few members here or there, but the entire body of the local church can be that. That is one of the dreams I have for as a pastor of a church, of this church, is that see all of us assemble ourselves together so that we can be in our place and so that we can grow, we can be healthy, and we can be full of the love of Jesus Christ because that is the thing that will completely change and transform the makeup of a community and of a city and ultimately of our country and around the world as every church doing what God wants it to do. Amen? So let me tell you, this fall we need to be settled. You, you don't need to go into this season unsure about where you belong in a church. You need to get that settled. I'm not saying you're going to join a church or you're going to join our church, but you need to get it settled in your heart. And you need to get it settled in your life. Then you need to give, if it's not this church, then you need to give a church a chance. Give it some time. And if it is this place, I pray it is. I long for it to be that for you. Obviously, it's not that I don't want you to come to this church or be a part of this church. That would be stupid on my part and ugly. But settle it. You'll be better off for it. And they were assembled. This fall, church, we need to be assembled. We need to be together. We need to make our Sunday gathering the most important part of our week. We need to make it the most important part of our week. Amen. But then they were also unified with purpose. They were unified with purpose. Their purpose under Ezra was to rebuild the temple. Our purpose this fall is this right here, is to grow in our faith. How many of you want to grow in your faith in Christ? See, when you grow in your faith, you're growing in your character too. When you're growing in your character, you're growing in other ways as well. Growing in our faith. I want to see us blossoming in our gifts and our callings. I want to see you blossom with what God has blessed you with and what He's called you to do. I want to see it, see it happen. And I also want to see us flourish in our relationships together. I want to see your marriages thrive and flourish. I want to see your families thrive and flourish. I want to see you as parents, and I'm a parent. I want to see us all thrive and flourish. 
and want to see the workings of our church dynamic of relationship and community thrive and flourish. I want to see... I want to see smiles on your faces. I want to see the joy of the Lord rise up within you and be your strength. I want to see the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit burn, burn bright on the inside of you. I want to see you consecrated and wholly devoted to the things of God. I want to see you as your people, as your, as your own families and as your own units at home. I want to see you truly be everything that God wants you to be growing in our faith, blossoming in our gifts and callings, and thriving and flourishing in our relationships. That's our vision this fall. That's our focus this fall. How are we going to help move us in that direction? Well, we've been talking a lot about it over the last couple of weeks, just some practical implications of that. Because it's one thing to have a vision for it. It's one thing to have focus for something. But then it's another thing to actually have steps to accomplish it. Oh, we can will all we want. And we can want all we will to be more like Christ and to grow in faith and gifts and callings blossom. Relationships are solid and secure and thriving. But unless we actually work, walk out our faith, then nothing will ever develop. So some practical implications. We've been talking about that. Everybody has access to these. We, we gave them out last week or week before. We have them available. They're at the Connect and Guest table. I just want to remind you of these things because kind of the fall look for us. Our focus. Sundays. As adults, we have Sundays. Our Sunday gathering. Of course, we have ministry to, our, to all of our children from the youngest, all the way through sixth grade, they have classes for all of them and all of our young folks. But also, we got these two new Bible studies that we're starting in the middle of September, September the 14th, and we've got a couple more weeks to continue to talk about that. But I want to tell you, these are really, really awesome studies that we are presenting to you uh, to help grow in faith and all those things, celebrate recovery, helping to get the Word of God in us in a biblical way and fashion to overcome some habits, hang-ups, hurts even. You don't want to go through life living as a victim, living with wounds open. No, God wants you healed. Amen? God wants you whole. Anybody still awake with me today? And then also a new study, Overcoming your fears, facing your fears with faith. And so I encourage you, check those out. Connect table, you can sign up and get more information. By the way, we have information cards on all these things. They're little things like this that you can pick them up. You're like, I don't know what's going on. What do I do? Where's the information about the church? Well, it's right there where it says connect and it says guest. And that whole table is full of information. Plus our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. You check it out. We have life groups happening. We have family life groups that take place. We have adult life groups that take place. we got single moms life group that takes place. We have a new one that we're going to be starting in the fall called Sub 30. Those who are in that college career, early 30 age demographic for you as well. No, that's, a, that's another life group that will be kicking off. We have fellowships that we have. We have our ladies minister. Our girlfriends are headed off to the Joyce Meyer Conference at the end of September. Sign up sheet for that as well. I think it's getting close to the deadline, so 
pay attention to that. Also, men, we're, we're, we're uh, rolling out a breakfast fellowship for our men in October as well. You're going to hear more about that. So we've got those kinds of fellowships that are rolling out that I'm really, really, really excited about as well. Anybody else excited about any of that stuff? Well, show it in your sign-up and show it in your show-up, all right? Our next-gen ministry, our children and our youth, Wednesday nights, Awanas for our kids, K through 6, and then for our teenagers, 7 through 12, our Glare Youth Ministry. Again, check those two areas out during our time of lunch and fellowship. You can check those new renovated areas out. It's pretty cool. And then as Lindsay mentioned earlier, we have a prayer focus, a prayer and devotional focus coming up in September, 14 days of prayer and devotion. And this is, prayer is where the battles are won. Prayer is where the enemy is defeated. Prayer is where unity is taking place in our hearts. Prayer is where things shift and change. And so we undergird everything we do before we do anything with prayer here at our church. So that's coming up. So that, that's the gathering aspect of our congregation, of the times that we connect and come together. We also, this fall, we plan to not just stay within our four walls, but we also plan to do what Jesus said is to go, is to go out under the Great Commission command and we've got outreach partnerships that we partner with, Area Relief Ministries, RIFA, the Dream Center, Eden of Youth Town, that we're going to be sending resources and people to take, to go and minister and serve in all these different areas to help meet needs in our community. So we're a church that not only gathers, but we're a church that also goes. Okay? Plus we have a, an outreach that we started two years ago. It's an annual thing that we decided to start doing. That's called Treat Your Street. I know it's a little ways off. Nobody wants to think about the Halloween time frame, but I just want to put this plug in your ear is that Treat Your Street is an opportunity for all of us at the same time to impact our own neighborhoods with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the love of God. We're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks, but it's a way for you and I to be mobilized as well as empowered to be missionaries in our own neighborhoods. How many of you know that we don't just don't have a house just to live in it? We don't have a car just to drive it. But we, God gives us resources to help people. So let's use our house and let's open our door and turn our porch light on and welcome people and actually be nice to them, be friendly to them, give them good candy, give good hot chocolate to the adults, the moms and dads and whoever is walking their kids around. And let's put a plug in their ear and say, hey, I love New Life Church. Be sure you have your shirt on when you do that. I love New Life Church. Because we want them to come and not be freaked out. And then it leads me to this last thing. Just a good old-fashioned invitation to church. Invite somebody. National Back to Church Sunday is Sunday... September 18th. It's just a time where there's a whole lot of churches across the nation networking, doing the same thing, inviting people back to church. In our neighborhoods, at our workplace, in our families, old friends, maybe some former church members who aren't anywhere at this time. 
be a good opportunity for you just to extend a hand of love and say, hey, won't you come to church with me? Invite. So what does this get us? Where does this bring us? What does this mean for us this fall? Just a bunch of things to do? Just some programs that we can be proud of ourselves for doing? No. It's for what the result equals. It's for what the result equals. The people were settled. The people were assembled. The people were unified with purpose. Acts 9.31 They were the church had peace throughout the ministry and the people. Who wants some peace? Who wants the kind of peace that God gives that doesn't leave us? The kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. When you know you just there, you, there's things twirling around in your life, but you, you have peace and you know that I'm going to be all right, that it is well with my soul. That's the kind of peace that God gives. And that's the kind of peace I want to see happen in, the, in our lives and in our church. They didn't also, they didn't just have peace. They also had strength. They were strong. They were strong together. They were strong within. God wants you to grow. Friend, God wants you to grow. He wants you to get over whatever hang-up you got happening in your life right now. Friend, God wants you to overcome whatever obstacle you're facing right now. I talked about the arrow of victory last week. If you weren't here and you want to hear a message about overcoming and victory, go back to last week's message on the website, the, the arrow of the Lord's victory, something like that. But he calls us to be more than conquerors. We're all facing different dilemmas right now, and you need strength. Where are you going to find strength? In numbers. Strength in numbers. Don't be a, a lone ranger. Don't be a solo believer. Lean on the arms of your brothers and sisters. Peace, strength, they also had encouragement. The opposite of encouragement is no courage. We need courage, and we need to be encouraged. And the Holy Spirit does just that. I want to see your life filled with the encouragement of the Lord. I, again, I want to see a smile on your face. I want to see the joy of the Lord in your heart, man. Amen? I want that for myself. I don't want to live under clouds of oppression. I don't want to live under shadows of defeat. I don't want to live under doubts of discouragement. Anybody else? You want to stay there? No, I want to live in victory. I want to live with joy. I want to live with strength of God. And God wants that for your life too. See, that's the result of being settled, being assembled, and being unified. You see, you aren't only, we only hurt ourselves when we aren't settled when we're not assembled and when we refuse to be unified we only harm ourselves oh it brings harm to others but those other people who are settled assembled and unified they're going to get on with it they're going to be alright 
but what about you? Settle, assemble, unify. And then it said they, they grew. They grew. I want to see you grow. Not only do I want to see the church grow, but I want to see you grow. I told someone the other day, I said, man, God's been so great in your life. You are not the same person you were last year. I've seen so much growth, so much godly growth in your life over the last year. You're different. Amen? Who wants to be in a better place by this time next year than you are this year? Come on, who wants to be in a better place by this time next year than this year? Listen to what the message says in 931. I'm wrapping up. It says this. It said, things calm down. The church had smooth sailing. Anybody want some smooth sailing? Hey, when you've, when you've gone through some things, it's good to have some smooth sailing for a while. Amen? It said the church grew. It says they were permeated with a deep sense of reverence for God. Friend, that is where we need to live. Deep reverence, fear of the Lord. It said the Holy Spirit was with them, strengthening them, and then they prospered wonderfully. Let's stand our feet.